Welcome to Street Knowledge with Chris Graham. Welcome to the show. It's Chris Graham. We're joined by Rod Mullins here. It's a Monday. We're going to talk some NASCAR. Uh, rain once again, Rod, affecting a NASCAR race. It just seems like the way things have been going the last few weeks. Uh, but in Atlanta, they did get a good bit of the race in before the rain. And William Byron, uh, as all the you know folks were trying to work their way to the front, knowing that rain was coming, William Byron was able to to pull it out and get the win. Yeah, he was. And, you know, that was even in the face of some uh, things that happened uh, where he went spinning down through the infield. He uh, lost a position, got knocked uh, to the side, went scooting down toward the infield and got some damage out of his car, too. A lot of people thought, well, this may be the end for Byron. Don't know if he's going to have a uh, being a factor in this. And then he got a lap down. They they were able to work things out in the pits and get him back on the track. And he went back out there, got his lap back. And then right when things, this is what makes NASCAR so fun to me. This is one of those things of where you're rolling the dice. Here it is. You've got rain about a mile and a half or maybe two miles outside of the track. You haven't seen it yet, but you know, it's coming. And then you roll the dice, you take the pit, you go into the pit. Some of them went into the pits. Byron did. Uh, a little bit earlier and, and so forth, and he was okay. But now the situation was for some of the others that were out there, I think you had one driver, I believe it was Michael McDowell. He was kind of hung out to dry, and he had the chance of being up toward the front but was afraid to use too much gas because if he used too much gas, he might not finish the race if they call the race because of the rain. Uh, they prevented them from coming down pit road until finally the weather had moved in and uh, ended up, you know, William Byron just rolled the dice the right way and then, you know, played that card to be able to get back into it. And he pulled off, a, I think, a, a great win considering probably some of the most diciest racing I have ever seen at Atlanta. I know that they have talked about it at first, but I'm telling you, I couldn't believe the lane changes um going at speed i mean this was something like you'd see during drafting at daytona and this is gives that atlanta track a little bit of that super speedway feel because they really took advantage of it on uh, sunday night yeah there was a lot because because they you know everybody knew the rain was coming everybody could see that it was coming you know uh, guys were jockeying for position trying to get up to the front uh, there were some wrecks as a result of that you mentioned the the strategy brad keselowski got caught up in it in terms of trying to determine how much gas do we have, how much gas do we need? I think he's the one who said, or you know, at least one of probably a few who said, uh, if the race was 10 minutes shorter or 10 minutes longer, maybe things go better for me. Daniel right. Suarez, who finished second, was hopeful he would get more of a chance to uh, get back out there and get one more shot at the lead. But then Kyle Busch, who finished fifth, said he a thousand percent agreed on airing on the side of safety. Who is this Kyle Busch, by the way? Um, oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> on the side of safety, who is this guy? But no. So, yeah, I mean, I think you're right there, Rod. I mean, the fact that this weather was hanging over everybody's head made this infinitely more exciting. Yeah, it did. And, you know, they didn't want a situation what happened at Daytona, I think, a couple of years ago. <laughs> when they were racing at Daytona and then you have to remember how big Daytona is and Daytona gets out there a two and a half mile track. And then you're there. And on one part of the track, you're there and it's sunny. But once you start getting to the backside of the track and you start getting into three and then turn it going into four, it can be pouring the rain. 
And that's the difference of how Florida weather is. That's the difference in how big that track is. And they had an incident that happened here a, a year or two ago, I think, when they had the cars out there. It had started sprinkling just enough, and then the cars got loose. They went all over the place. We had a big, massive pile up there at Daytona, and NASCAR was probably more than anything else airing on the side of you know good judgment with this. Hey, we know it's coming. We want to warn the teams and tell them what's going on. Um, and we're going to go ahead and call this. They've made it through two stages. They've made it past the halfway point. And the way it looks, we're going to go and we're going to call this race because it doesn't look like it's going to improve. And then how much time will it take to get those dryers out there and be able to dry the track and have it working adequate enough uh, to be able to get out there? You know, I, one thing that I did hear, uh, you know, looking at some of the message boards and things last night, the fans have erupted again. The fans have erupted this year and they're upset because, you know, they didn't let them finish the race. And some of the drivers are probably a little bit upset that they didn't let them finish the race. You know, they wanted to have a fair shot at this. But, you know, this prevents the belly aching, the crying, and everything else that goes on if you have a race like this and then you're a contender and then get taken out in a melee when it could have been prevented. That's one of those things. And the fans have got to understand that this is, I love racing just as much as they do, but if we're going to err on the side of caution with this, this is the best way to go. And NASCAR called it last night when they needed to. Yeah. Um, and another night race. So that's, uh, you know, I know NASCAR is creeping later and later. Uh, you know, we used to get one o'clock start times on Sundays and it was three o'clock, three 30, Now seven o'clock starts. Yep. Um, but this is on the heels of, even though Chicago was cut short by rain, mm -hmm. Chicago was the second most watched race of the season after the, of course, the Daytona 500. So, right. um, I like to like to see the overnights for, um, for this race with, with, uh, the intrigue Atlanta, et cetera. Um, let's see some off the track news, Corey LaJoy, uh, inspire motorsports announcing, uh, some news. Yeah, I think they've got some, uh, they got some sponsorship through and everything. Uh, they got some uh, sponsorship with Bainbridge. I know they'd picked that up. Uh, but now I don't know if they've changed anything from what I remember from, uh, later in the week, last week, I know that they were talking about, they got some, uh, they got some associate sponsorship through Bainbridge. Do you have a lead on that or anything else that they're talking about? They, that's who they'd picked up for the Atlanta race. Oh, I thought, let me see. Uh, I, I thought, let's see. I thought I saw something and I'm, I'm not finding the headline right now. Oh, here we go. Yeah. Multi-year extension for LaJoy with Spire okay. Motorsports. So that's a, uh, so in addition to the, the sponsorship news, um, and maybe the sponsorship news had to come first. You got to get the sponsors yeah. before you can sign the contract. But yeah, uh, he's working on finalizing a multi-year contract extension, according to the athletic. Well, they're, they're working on that because they know that here as silly season starts getting a little bit further on into the year, they're trying to hold on to him as much as they can. He didn't have a good race last night. Um, I think he accused, ended up accusing, um, Eric Jones of uh, pretty much putting him into the wall, messing him up, hitting him last night. Uh, there were a lot of hurt egos, hurt feelings last night after this race. But Corey LaJoy also, uh, fans need to remember too, this is the man that subbed in for Chase Elliott in one race. And, you know, if he ran good, you know, chances are they're going to take a look at him. They're going to take a look at him from somebody from another point. And I'm going to give you the example, Josh Berry. 
Josh Berry ran all those races for Hendrick, and then he's stepping into Kevin Harvick's seat is what he's going to step into for next year. So if you're a hot commodity, if you're a really good race car driver, there is the possibility, hey, if they don't move quickly, somebody else is going to snatch him up somewhere down the line, and it could be a better you know, a better opportunity for him. So Spire is going to hold on to him as long as they can, but, you know, hey, what's to say that somebody doesn't come along and say, we're going to top what you've offered at Spire, uh, and you come over to our team. And it's it's a whole thing of car manufacturer, if it's Ford, Chevrolet, Toyota, you know, Toyota's looking to build a little bit more next year with the, the addition of Legacy Motor Club. Uh, there's so many factors tied into this thing, and Spire is one of those uh, small teams that's uh, begging to hold on to the talent to kind of get them to the front, much like what Justin Marks and Pitbull has done with Trackhouse. That's what, you know, they're hoping to do. LaJoy's, uh, I'm looking at the standings now, LaJoy's sitting in 24th. He's one right. spot behind Chase Elliott, who's still languishing down in 23rd after missing a bunch of races earlier this season with that injury. Um, there was some movement at the cut line for the playoffs. Uh, mm-hmm. Bubba Wallace, A.J. Allmendinger falling below the cut line right now. Uh, Wallace is close, though. He's at four and four points. Uh, tied for 15th now. So the 15th and 16th spots right now going to Daniel Suarez, who finished second. Michael McDowell, we've talked about. They're tied at 407 in the standing. So, uh, you know, we got a few races to go before the playoffs get determined. And we've got a, some interesting races shaping up there for those last few spots. Yeah. Suarez said, you know, I, I would have rather had the win, but he said more than anything, I'll take this position. Number two, I'll take it. I'll run with it. Uh, because yeah, it's exactly like what you said. It's uh, it got him to the playoff cut line right now. And then the other guy, Michael McDowell out of this, you know, he has been one of these guys that, um, either, you know, some of the drivers have a love hate relationship with him. They don't like the way he drives. Um, they continuously, there's several of them. I know Bubba Wallace has thrown this out at him a couple of times before. Um, there was, I think it was the, um, the all-star race. Matter of fact, at Bristol, when I went to the all-star race, um, Bubba kind of made some controversial statements in one way about, uh, Michael McDowell, uh, his faith and so forth. And he said, well, Michael probably just come over here and he'll, he'll try to apologize and stuff and say, let's go pray together. And, you know, but that's, that's Michael McDowell. He's just that kind of driver. He is, you know, he's very strong in his faith of how he believes about things, but this is a great compliment for him hanging tough and hanging in there to get to 15th in the point standings. I mean, he would love nothing more than to get a win. He'd like to have had a win last night if the race had gone on a little bit further, but uh, you take what you get right now with everything starting to dwindle a little bit more and a little bit more. See Byron wins his fourth race last night. So that takes up the possibility of another person like a chase Elliott or somebody else coming out of the pack to claim a place in the points in the playoff standings. And that just makes it tougher for him. It makes every race from here on out to the cut line and the cut date as must win situations. If he doesn't come away with one or two wins, he's out. He doesn't have a chance at it. So it's, it's all a lot of jockeying right now. And, and you saw people last night that had some rough times too. Ross Chastain, as many people as, 
you know, have got there before Ross Chastain saying he ran over me and stuff. Well, people ran over Ross Chastain last night. He didn't finish the race. Kyle Larson, he didn't finish the race last night. Um, you know, he, he admitted it was his mistake. He had made a mistake and so forth. And, uh, you know, he, he would like nothing more. How do you have the, um, the bad luck of getting caught up in that wreck, not having that much damage, then going to the pits, taking on all four new tires, and then coming back out on the track as you're on the apron, coming around, kaboom, the right front goes off, blows the fender off there on the front, and pretty much does him in. It finishes. He had another DNF last night. So a lot of these playoff drivers, even though some of them have qualified, they're having some rough times right now, and it's going to depend on who keeps on grabbing those playoff spots or those wins to kind of lock themselves into the playoffs. We are heading into mid-July. The last race of August at Daytona is the final race of the regular season heading into the playoffs, and so seven races to go uh, as these guys are jockeying for position Let's go ahead and talk about New Hampshire. We have one other thing we're going to talk about after uh, this week's schedule. Uh, New Hampshire, 2.30 on Sunday. Uh, what can we look forward to as far as the racing action and, and how things will shake out? Well, uh, I call it a flat kind of uh, mile version of uh, Martinsville. Kind of stretched out. Doesn't have a lot of banking to it, but it uh, really puts a lot of stress on the uh, the rotors, on the brakes and everything else. Um, you know, the last race, I guess, that we saw the Chicago race, even though it was a street race, we saw a tremendous amount of stress on the mechanical part of it. I don't know if you caught the part of where um, I think it may have been Bubba Wallace right before he went into the uh, tire barrier. Uh, his brakes were glowing almost to the point of white hot as he was trying to come to a stop and he had no brakes, couldn't, you know, couldn't slow down to prevent himself from going into that barrier. We look at the same thing here at New Hampshire. Uh, you're going to have to have some brakes, but you're going to also have to have some speed. And, you know, I know that it would, I don't know. I know that it would probably put some pressure on you and stuff because that is really a fast track. It's always been a fast track. And unfortunately, there have been several drivers that have met their demise there and stuff. Adam Petty, um, you know, the throttle stuck on his car, uh, Kenny Irwin. Junior, I think, is another one that had an incident there at uh, New Hampshire. Um, they've improved the track a, a great deal, and NASCAR's put that little safety thing in it to where about the cars where it won't go and careen head forward into uh, a barrier and take something out. But um, speed-wise, I think we're going to see some at least 150, 160, maybe 170 mile an hour, 160 maybe, I would put it somewhere in there, maybe 140 to 160, depending on how they're doing on the straightaways, if they get a lot of speed out of it. But then that braking's got to take a place in it. And right now, I think probably anybody that has a great chance at maybe picking up their first win in, uh, well, NASCAR, and especially with their new race team, is Brad Keselowski. Brad Keselowski had a great run last night at Atlanta. He says, we're in the position where we need to be at to win races. Now, how that will transpire from Atlanta to New Hampshire, completely different surface. We'll have to just, you know, remain. We'll just have to remain in our seats, be calm, and just watch and see what happens. But, you know, I Keselowski is, is he's, he's determined. He's going to get a win one way or another. And they're uh, they're ahead they're ahead of where they should be right now but 
you know, I don't know. Some of these other drivers who like that kind of track will do pretty well. Denny Hamlin should do pretty well. He didn't have a good night last night at, uh, at uh, Atlanta. So a lot of these drivers are looking for some redemption, and New Hampshire might just be the place they're looking for it. So let's talk that the, the intersection of sports and culture as we get ready to wrap up the show. Uh, Top Gun Maverick obviously had great success at the box office. Tom Cruise reprising a movie uh, that was successful back in the 80s. And, and this one may have been even more so the, uh, the release last year. Now there's a rumor out there, Rod. You brought this up to me last week when we finished our show. Uh, about something that uh, could be in the works, a Days of Thunder 2. What's going on there? Well, a lot of this is based upon what kind of formula and what kind of success they had out of Top Gun Maverick. Um, and I've got to admit, I've not watched the movie all the way through. I've seen some scenes and things, and um, I, I really like the Dark Star part where they really pushed the plane to that barrier and stuff and he's trying to get it to 10 Mach 10 I think or just a little over Mach 10 which is to me is just unheard of but I know they can do it but um that success has kind of prompted Tom Cruise into thinking hmm well we had kind of a, a moderate success not a great success better than the movie that he starred in before that which was Legend by Ridley Scott um huh, why don't we go and why don't we take the chance and see what we could do. And so the guy who was the director of Top Gun Maverick, I think his name is Joseph Kaczynski or something like that. I believe it's who it was. He directed the Tron Legacy movie uh, back several years ago that I thought was really great. Uh, they brought back that element again. It's kind of like he's in this kind of rut almost of bringing back these old characters and trying to breathe new life into them. Tom Cruise and him are supposedly working behind the scenes right now, um, possibly getting uh, Days of Thunder to the screen here in the next, I don't know, maybe a year or two, a couple of years. I know he's got to work past this Mission Impossible stuff. He's got Mission Impossible that's getting ready to come out. I think toward the end of the month, toward the end of July. Uh, but, um, you know, if Mission Impossible does well, you know, it's just going to give him that much more fever to say, hey, let's go back and let's look at this. This stuff is good. Let's see what we can maybe do with this. And I think that's what they're going to end up doing. Yeah, you know, I just read a piece about uh, about uh, the, the rumors that are going out there. And, of course, you know, then speculating about who might come back for the movie uh, among those, I mean, the movie was, we're talking, you know, more than 30 years ago now. So, you know, some of the folks have unfortunately passed on. Fred Thompson is one of the guys who's, right. who's no longer with us. So, um, but uh, just the idea of, you know, and, and updating things, you know, the, the, the different look of, you know, late 1980s uh, NASCAR versus, you know, 2023 NASCAR. So updating it in that respect too, you know, Cole Trickle at this point would be a guy that, uh, uh, you know, he was a rookie in the first movie who was, uh, you know, uh, kind of kind of just deer in the headlights at first with everything in NASCAR. And, you know, now he'd be he'd be the veteran. So it'd be interesting to see, you know, kind of like how, you know, not the rock, Rocky, the Rocky franchise, you know, and, and I guess it's it's even seeped into a, the, the Creed franchise now with, mm -hmm. you know, Rocky Balboa taking on a different role in a mentorship kind of way. So, yeah, just just how it could all play out could be really interesting to see. Uh, how they would take it on and 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 how much they'd be willing to 
you know, really take on NASCAR in a good way and try to really show some more of behind the scenes stuff. Lord knows we need a better look on NASCAR than what we've gotten out of uh, Kevin James. And then also with Will Ferrell, anything is going to be better than especially uh, Ricky Bobby and Talladega Nights. And I'm, I'm sorry. I've sat there and watched it and I'm just like, I cringe. Now that I watch that movie, I cringe and I cringe when I see Will Ferrell and his tidy whites running on the high banks of Charlotte saying he's on fire. Help me, Lord Jesus. Help me, baby Jesus, or whatever. <laughs> that that stuff kind of goes too far. And I have to also say, too, that even going back as far as Stroker Ace, you know, that's another one that kind of, you know, I like it. It's funny, but it's all Burt Reynolds centered. That's all his movies were ever, ever were yeah. in the in the first place. Uh, so now I'm like, okay, if Tom Cruise can do a credible job with it, I think it would be something that uh, he might could be able to pull off. And I've got a, I've, I've got an idea for, you know, possible plot out of it. I think uh, instead of him being the driver, he's a car owner uh -huh. and he's a car owner and he's got a, uh, he's got a hothead uh, kind of reminds you of Kyle Busch a little bit, maybe a Bubba Wallace or something, but he brings him into the sport and he's working with him and trying to, you know, help him along the way. But at the same time, he goes and then midway through the, the season or something happens, he just ups and he leaves and goes to another team, kind of breaks his contract. And Tom Cruise at that point is forced as a car owner to jump back into the car seat and drive and try to salvage a season. And he ends up winning the championship out of it. I think that would be just a great way to come in. They give him some kind of, I don't know, champions provisional, so to speak, and they give him a hardship sort of thing out of it uh, to kind of allow him to get back into it. And he drives and he ends up winning the final race at Phoenix. I think that would be just tremendous. And they, and some of the people might say to him, man, you've still got it. And I think it'd be a great way to kind of, you know, leave it at that and kind of leave it the series. But I can just about bet Nicole Kidman's not going to be in it. Uh, I doubt Robert Duvall is going to be in it because the technology and the way things Robert Duvall was kind of touching on the old ways NASCAR did things. Now we're going to have to have somebody, and pardon me for saying it, I think we're going to have to have uh, somebody that's kind of nerdy, somebody that's kind of a geek that's sitting there and looks at more information of aerodynamics, looks at, you know, the way that all these parts and things are supposed to work. And then you could probably have somebody like uh, John C. Riley come back and he could maybe be a crew chief. You could maybe finally make him a crew chief out of it or something else. But, you know, the, I think the elements are there. It's just according to how Tom Cruise and Joseph Lewinsky goes in their Kaczynski or Lewinsky. They go and they uh, put their best foot forward on this and see how they're going to do. Now, you're going to let John C. Riley come back, even though he... He uh, dallied in that uh, Talladega Nights movie. Yeah, I think I would. And I think he's. <laughs> I think he's a good, serious yeah. actor at times. And he, yeah. you know, and I and I think probably his funniest line in the entire movie, even though his dad had gotten killed in that previous in an accident, uh, and you know, at the same time, Harry doesn't really want to go and uh, kind of admit it was a little bit of both. It was the driver, maybe and a little bit of him being a crew chief and so forth. But, uh, you know, his dad gets killed out of it. And I think the funniest part is at Bristol when they're showing the scene there and he gets there and he looks, he said, huh? He said, look at that. He said, a part of the car we don't have to fix. 
and then Robert Duvall comes in, lays a foot into the side panel right there of the, the car on the driver's side. And he looks at him, he says, I don't want you getting spoiled, Buck. No. I just think it's a funny line. I just think, it, and he's, he just, huh, imagine that. He says, we don't have a, don't have a part we've got to fix this week. So as far as the plot, if things go the way uh, you laid out there, Ron, uh, I, I think the fact that this is going to be on YouTube and on our podcast, that, that kind of copyrights the idea. So um, you might get a co-author credit if they go that direction. <laughs> uh, yeah, but the thing is, they've got to watch it first and kind of get the idea. And they'd say, where did you come up with that? Oh, I bet you I know where you came up with it. Chat GPT. No, I thought that up in my head is exactly what I thought about it. I just... I just think that element of still keeping yeah. that Kyle Bush sort of thing in there, that hothead trying to go somewhere else, you know, wanting out, can't get out because he feels like Tom Cruise is holding him back as a car owner. And Tom Cruise can still go out there and, you know, if they're doing like testing or whatever it is that they might do, he can still smoke him. He can still smoke him in ways you would never think. But at the same time, he's kind of looking at it and like, you know, is this supposed to be my race car or is this supposed to be Cole Trickle's race car? Well, yeah. it's, it's a little bit of both. So there's a little bit of jealousy there, I guess, in this little idea that I thought up. And I just thought, you know, it, it wouldn't be a bad idea for it, but it needs to be played a little bit more serious and a little bit more realistic than what uh, the first Days of Thunder movie did. Uh, I think they exaggerated a lot of the body damage. Uh, you know, now you could say they are honestly slapping cars out there and they're slapping against each other and so forth but you know what they went through in days of thunder one the first one was just a little bit far-fetched in a lot of ways i mean a car that looked like honest to goodness like it was an open wheel modified uh with nothing else left on but still running in great order no not especially at a track like a daytona or darlings or something like that where you've got to have aerodynamics and that's involved with the car so now rod you're an english teacher you're a writer uh you got a few weeks till school starts uh your homework assignment oh yeah uh is to write this script really you got a few weeks write this script and let's get it floating out there i, I, I want to see this are you serious? Are you really wanting to just go and throw this out here and just say, hey, this no-name from Southwest Virginia who covers races <laughs> for me is has wrote a script. Uh, Tom Cruise, take a look at it. I don't know. I, you could it do would it. Be, uh, yeah, I, I think I could do it, but it would also almost be like, I don't know. It's kind of like a spitting in the wind sort of in a snowstorm or something. You know, sooner or later, if the wind's going to hit you, I, you either are going to get the advantage of getting it out or it's going to come back and smack you in the face. One of the two. So I don't know. <laughs> well, uh, the idea is a good one anyway. And that was a good discussion. And uh, for our listeners out there, uh, the race this weekend in New Hampshire, we'll have coverage. Of course, we'll, we, Rod and I will get back uh, together next week and break everything down for you. Well, Rod, thank you as always for your time. Appreciate it, Chris. Thanks.